The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded June 22nd, 2023. Enjoy. Well, welcome to the July edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Ah, July. It was summer when I was outside three minutes ago. Maybe it still is. <laughs> you know Don't what? Bank you, on it us. was. <laughs> it was hot outside, Hugh, just to be clear. And guess what? It's going to be hot in here with these hot tax tips. So, Caitlin, why don't you get us started? I'll set the bar a little bit lower, please. But yes, I am going to talk about some hot tax tips. We're talking about, well, tax, uh, you know, affiliate tips. Uh, the Canada Pension Plan. We have, you know, maybe you're interested in the CPP because you're thinking about retirement benefits. Maybe you're thinking about CPP disability benefits. Maybe you're the child of an individual receiving CPP disability benefits and you're getting payments in that respect. There is one rule under the CPP umbrella that basically if you do not timely file your application for these CPP benefits, you can only go back 11 months retroactively and get payments. What we had this month was a federal court of appeal looking at whether that 11-month limitation infringed on the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the federal court of appeal said, no, it did infringe on that. That 11-month limitation holds a reminder if you are looking at these benefits, get those applications in in a timely fashion. Kate, I found it interesting that those particular applications weren't for the individual collecting. It was for the child of a disabled individual. Yeah. Children yeah. of deceased or disabled individuals can get these benefits. So definitely don't want to miss out on those either. Yeah. Uh, well, something a lot of people are starting to think they may have missed out on. If you already own a home, you don't get the first home savings account. But if you don't, wow, this is pretty exciting. And now that they're out there, we're starting to see all the questions. And a lot of the questions surround can I get that tax-free money out now? I want to buy that house. So there's a number of different restrictions required for timing. And once you take that first withdrawal, you're committed. You got to get, you at least intend to get that house. You've got a written contract to buy or build by before October 1 of next year. So that starts the clock ticking. You've also got to close your accounts out before December 31 of next year. Once you take that first withdrawal. And uh, one question that people have had is, well, what if it falls through? What if the deal doesn't go through? What if my situation changes and I can't move in? Well, technically, the legislation says you have to intend to close the deal and move into the property. So if you can show that some unforeseen event frustrated that and your intention never came to pass, you're probably still okay on that qualifying withdrawal. But I got to think CRA might be a little skeptical, so you might want to keep good documentation of exactly what went wrong. Uh, the other interesting question that was posed to CRA not that long ago was, uh, I've got money in my RSP, and I know I can transfer eight grand to my first home savings account, and I won't get any deduction, but I won't pay tax on the money out of the RSP. But could I instead borrow 8000 from my RSP under the Home Buyers Program kick it into my first home savings account, take my deduction, and then real quick, pull it back out again and use it to buy the house. CRA said, well, nothing prevents you using both programs at the same time for the same house. So as long as you meet all the other criteria, which it's certainly possible to do under the rules, yeah, that would work. Now, the difference is you'd get your deduction, but you got to pay that RSP home buyers program back over the next 15 years or so. So it's not an automatic win, but for some people, 
that immediate deduction may be worth it. That's your, that is your hot tax tip for the day. <laughs> Pull it out as your party trick. When you go to your summer barbecues, you'll be very popular. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe don't listen to Caitlin on that one. But anyways, let's talk about the next item, and that is uh, the CRB. So we've got a case that just came out, very interesting. An individual wanted to meet the $5,000 prior earnings test, and what they had done is filed their 2019 tax return, had Airbnb income, and they went back to amend it such that some of that Airbnb income would be reclassified as self-employment income. Now, what component? Well, it was the cleaning component. This individual argued that, listen, I did a bunch of cleaning of that, that location. It was worth about 150 bucks every time I did it. Therefore, I'm going to pull out 150 bucks times the number of times I, uh, I, I leased out this property. And that's my self-employed income. It's over $5,000. Therefore, I'm good for CRB, right? Well, CRA took a look at this and they said, hold on a second. On Airbnb statements, there is a specific additional component, a fee for cleaning. And if we add up all of those amounts, not this $150 number you talk about, we add up all these amounts, you're still under $5,000 if it even is self-employed income. Therefore, you don't get it. Any thoughts on this one? Joe, what I noticed in that case was uh, there was some concern that uh, they had never figured out any of this was self-employment until the CERB kicked in and then they went back and amended their return and CRA apparently did comment on that in their uh, determination that this wasn't eligible. So I don't think you were prohibited from correcting a return, but it certainly attracts a little more scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Shifting gears a little bit, uh, away from COVID-related benefits, we're going to be talking about a brand new multi-generational home renovation tax credit introduced in 2023. And essentially, under this new tax credit, we get that 15% uh, tax credit on up to $50,000 of eligible expenditures to renovate or build a secondary suite in our property to put a related person that's either 65 years of age or older or eligible for the DTC disability tax credit in there. Kind of get them out of the nursing home, toss them into our home. You get a tax credit for doing that type of work. Now, we do have a couple clarifications from the CRA in respect of that particular tax credit. We know that that eligible person, grandma, they have to either inhabit the secondary suites or intend to inhabit the secondary suite after we complete the renovation. CRA, however, says we don't need to have grandma living with us prior to the renovation to qualify. So absolutely feel free to do your renovation, then grand pull grandma out of the nursing home and toss her in your basement suite so we can get that particular credit. The other technical interpretation uh, Sierra is talking about is a scenario where maybe you don't want to put her in the basement suite because it's too close to the family. You want her out of yelling distance. So you want to toss her into a laneway home that you're building or a carriageway home that you're building. Could that still qualify for this multi-gen tax credit? And Sierra says, Yes, we want to maintain family relations. Get grandma in the laneway home. That is good to go there. There's your summer, second summer barbecue blast tip that you can whip out. Hugh? If I was your grandma, I'd think twice about coming to visit you. I'd get tossed around an awful lot here. Well, one uh, issue that we've had crop up, shifting gears from the house I live in to rental properties, 
is uh, the GST rules or HST rules when you build your own rental property. And a lot of people don't recognize that the, the GST Act says we want our GST on that first construction. So when you build it yourself and then turn it into residential rental property, we're going to treat you as selling it and buying it back and collect our GST or HST right up front. Now, there's a lot of nuances to these rules. But what we're seeing now is CRA coming out doing a lot of audit activity. And some of the issues that are cropping up, they look at this and go, did you get the timing right? You're supposed to report that at the later of substantial completion, the property's 90% done, or a residential tenant moving in. If you should have done it earlier, then, oh, you missed the deadline. That's penalties and interest. Did you get the value right? Because you don't have a real sale, so how do we tell? Show us your appraisal because CRA is going to get theirs. And if you just pulled a number out of the air, they might think that's a penalty if you didn't uh, do the due diligence to get the right value. So if you're in that area, definitely want to have this well papered up and documented. Hmm. Now, switching gears once again, talking about the individual who's got a business, wants to transfer it on to their child. Well, in the past, if you were going to sell it to your kid's company, you could uh, potentially use the lifetime capital gains exemption, pay no tax, but you'd really mess things up for your child. So we got new rules put in place two years ago, which would make, uh, make you able to do this type of thing without causing problems. That was good. The government said we need to introduce more rules because it's too loosey-goosey. So we've got Budget 2023 came out, brought out new rules. Now we're having a whole bunch of commentators look at this saying, hey, there are some issues here, things to watch out for. For example, if you own 60% of those voting shares and uh, your kid is now fully involved and they've got de facto control, you might not be able to use this provision. Or let's say you uh, want to sell your shares in tranches, so 20%, 20%, whatever. There's only one of those sales that's going to be eligible for this these special rules so you want to watch out for that anyways that's what we've got time for take a look at all the links to articles support the video tax news team has been providing canadian accounting professionals with practical tax information for over 40 years subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and pre-recorded seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax for more information go to videotax.com the preceding information is for general information purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts or circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more information, go to videotax.com disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2023. All rights reserved.